We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion. Medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. To quote from Whitman, Oh me, oh life of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, what good amid these, oh me, oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists and identity, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. The powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? This episode of Apostasy Now is dedicated to the memory with thanks to Robin Williams, who I found out today passed away. Though we're just a bunch of podcasters uh, joking around and talking about whatever, Robin Williams meant a lot, especially when I was young. He created a lot of memories for a lot of us, and he will be missed. Someone has a severe caca mouth. Do you know that? Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is Apostasy Now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. Because with the evidence, all the evidence. Hey, how's it going? Good, how you doing? Good. This is, uh, I don't think you guys have met. How's that? Can you see uh, Chris? Hi. How's it going? This is, man, man. this is Carl from uh, Post Rapture Looting. Oh, okay. Um, what was that? What was I saying? Oh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'm just going to finish off the point I was making, and then we'll... we'll... Yeah, uh, this person still plays with a particular type of toy, uh, like a, a My Little Pony. Yeah. And because they still play with it, it has now been discovered, and it's become a source of social stress for them now. What was his like dark helmet when he's playing with his? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not, toys. not quite that old. Um, <laughs> not, not Rick Moranis old. Still a kid. I but... did not see you playing with your toys, sir. Good. Yeah, that, that, that was my point, though. That, that these things that the child innocently enjoys can then be turned against them, and I—that's what I don't want for him. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Sorry. No, that's fine. Oh, he's got one too. Sweet. Yeah. Hey. Uh. How was your vacation? It was really good. It was not long enough. <laughs> They're uh, never long enough. Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, three and a half weeks on the road with little kids. So, oh, man, I can't stand three and a half minutes on the road with little kids. <laughs> How many you got? Three. Oh, same. Yeah, five, seven, nine. And, uh, yeah, everything just takes twice as long, as you know. So, uh, nine, nine, and six. Okay, so you're in the same boat. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you. Um, let's see, uh, last Sunday I was going to my parents' house for dinner and it literally took, uh, 45 minutes to get out the door. 
from the point I said we have to go now, otherwise we're going to be late, and we ended up being about twenty minutes late. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, pretty I'm, typical. Yeah, I mean you know the drill. Then I mean it's like we're only going to be in these locations for so long, so you want to make sure you get up and go do stuff. And uh, so we're like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, go, go. You know, and I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm, you know, it's like, oh my god, how many times do I have to ask you to put your fucking shoes on before you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, you should be happy if they still have shoes. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like that's usually one of the big problems in my house is is that they'll have one shoe. My 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 daughter had to go uh to to the uh to her friend's house to spend the night in baseball cleats because we couldn't find her shoes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like literally we were oh. we were late and I was like, "All right, whatever, put on your baseball cleats, let's go." That's why we have a government tab for our, uh, members of parliament and congressmen so that they can buy shoes whenever they lose them. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but um anyways, it was good, you know, the it was a whirlwind tour of the top half of the eastern United States. We went, we flew into D.C., we did that. Then we drove to Philly, we did that. Saw Amish country, which was, just confused me. <laughs> Is um, that, was that in Pennsylvania? That was in Pennsylvania, yeah. We are in uh, Intercourse, Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is near Blue Balls, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I'm not joking. These are actually names of towns. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was weird. I mean, the thing, like, I underst I've never been around the Amish before. Have you guys been around them before at all? Yeah. Well, my background's Mennonite, and they have some com common traditions, common heritage. Yeah. So I'm familiar with uh, some degree of what they're like. Yeah, I mean, they're just regular people for the most part, right? But the religious stuff, I, I just assumed that they would kind of keep to their own and not really integrate with everybody because of the strongly held religious beliefs that would prevent them from doing anything beneficial, like, you know, have a cell phone or use the internet or something. But yeah, they were just mixed in with everybody and... and Talking to more and more people about my experience, I'm finding out how many people have lived around the Amish. And it's like, yeah, they don't use electricity, but they're more than happy to use yours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so they're not shunning it. They just don't own it. Right. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's the legalistic type of thing they have. Yeah. I mean, I saw them at Hershey Park, so they didn't seem to mind, you know, roller coaster rides. But <laughs> I just, you know, and they got their little horse and buggies. Because they won't have cars, but damn it, they have turn signals on them. And I didn't get my phone. I, well, there was a lot of traffic, too, um, so I missed it. But there was an Amish guy on a lark, you know, like he was too lazy to walk or something. Maybe maybe he's got a medical condition. I'm sure that's the case. <laughs> but, you know, just it. They didn't give but, him a pony and a wagon to pull him around? Exactly. You know, it's like <laughs> you can get, you can get on a lark, but you can't get on a pony. I don't know. It, it just seemed very hypocritical, you know, that how they don't have it in their own house, but yet they're more than willing to use it. Um, you know, it's, it's just, um, like, uh, Jewish people don't shave on certain holidays or whatever, but they'll use electric trimmers because they're technically lots of tiny scissors. So it's not shaving. So they'll use electric, you know, I, 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 I don't know. It's just a lot of sidestepping if you ask me. So <laughs> yeah, I can see the you... side of your face now. You've come in on a a, a, a <laughs> wide variety of topics. I uh, wow. Yeah, we've uh, been uh, we've been free today. 
Yeah. Okay. For almost an hour and a half. There's going to be a lot of editing to this, I think. It's okay, though, because Corey does it all. Yeah. (laughs) He's complained to you about this, has he? I am a very lazy co-host and happy to be so. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I won't work on a Mac. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah. <sighs> Brian Allen just sent me a message. L. <laughs> 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 then he sent me a correction. K. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's summer, and I've noticed a lot of people that I tend to try and contact seem to be doing other things. So I figured it's been a couple of weeks. So let's just put an episode together talking about whatever we want. Invite yeah. people to hang out if they want. Yeah, we've covered a wide variety of topics. Uh, I think we started off with uh, Batman and Superman. Yeah. Um, the Dawn of Justice movie. That's going to be lame. Um, <laughs> then we jumped right into feminism because that's always a popular topic. Yep. That's and, good. That's and good. video games, social norms. Did you hear that uh, they're thinking about turning the new Ghostbusters movie uh, into a reboot rather than part three, and it's going to be uh, all women? No, I didn't hear that. Uh, Will they be wearing um, sexy Ghostbusters outfits? <laughs> well, it's the guy who made Bridesmaids, same director. Oh, oh, that was a really good movie. I've, I wanted to watch it, but I haven't gotten around to it. I was told it was really good. So at least the director sounds like he is going to make it a good show, right? Like he'd be funny. You have to, um, you have to watch it. I thought it was going to be a chick flick, but it, it. Well, I mean, it was, but it wasn't, right? I, I think you would enjoy it. So Bridesmaids was it. Yeah. Okay. Bridesmaids. Yeah. Yeah. I'll check it out. Uh, there's a, that's one of the ones I intended to watch, and uh, stuff got in the way. And what was the other one? One with Will Ferrell, where pe- the lady's writing a book and he hears it. Stranger than fiction. Oh, I saw that. Not so good. I'm not, I'm not a Will Ferrell fan, honestly. His type of humor isn't necessarily lost on me. I just think he has poor delivery. You know, he had like I mean, that's not to say that I haven't chuckled at a few of his jokes. Like there are a few times that a type of comedian who I generally don't like will say something that I just find hilarious, but that doesn't make them funny. It just means that they got lucky. Yeah. You know, and and that's what I feel like with Will Ferrell is that whenever he makes me laugh, he got lucky. You know? One one of the things I I do like about him is that he's a Saturday Night Live cast member who's left and not died of cocaine overdose. Yet. 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 <laughs> That's true. Good point, Carl. Uh, we'll wait on that then. I think uh, Chevy Chase still has him uh, beat in years, but um, <laughs> but not uh, in the, but apparently not in overt racism on the set. <laughs> I <laughs> I did I did like his movie Anchorman. I haven't seen Anchorman two. I heard it was a bit of a letdown, so I haven't rushed to watch it. But um, yeah, I did watch Sharknado two last night. I watched part of that. Did you see the first one? No, no, I did not. So I didn't so know. So you have to you have to watch Sharknado the original because it was kind of like how Evil Dead the original they were trying to be serious and then they made Evil Dead 2 and then they did it kind of tongue in cheek, right? Well, it's sort of like that. Two cannibals were eating a clown. One turns to the other and says, "Does this taste funny to you? How do you make a hanky dance? Put a little boogie in it. What is a brunette between two blondes? Translator." Do you know why blind people don't like to skydive? It scares their dogs. A man with dementia is driving on the freeway. His wife calls him on the mobile phone and says, Sweetheart, I heard there's someone driving the wrong way in the freeway. He says, One, there's hundreds. What's silent? Smells like worms. Bird farts. It must have been an engineer who designed the human body, who also put a waste processing plant next to a recreation area. A woman goes into a doctor's office. The doctor says, You mind if I numb your breast? Not at all. Num, 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 num. <laughs> 
and try to push them off the cliff. So I ended up with like 15 bodies in a pile just beside like a shed by the cliff because I couldn't push them off. It wouldn't let you throw them off into the water. So I was kind of pissed about that. But in Hitman, I played Hitman. I don't remember shooting strippers. I remember I would fuck up and get spotted, and then I would have to kill everybody in the room because I would try to go in and be sneaky. Yeah. And I'd be like creeping behind a counter or something. I would be looking one way, and then it's like, like there's a dude right behind me. I'm like, ah, fuck, now I've got to murder everybody. And the same in like that game Thief. I would sneak around for a minute and like artfully kill a couple of people off in the distance, and then somebody would see me, and I'd be like, fuck, everybody's got to die now. But with her video, I mean, there's the only thing I've ever seen that was um, kind of off-putting was the recent stuff about the new Assassin's Creed game with the female character that they're not going to have a, a female character as that you, the playable one in multiplayer. Right. Yeah. People got pretty and, upset about that. Well, the reason they got well, okay, so the company fucked up by their first PR announcement about it by saying it's too hard. <laughs> to like model another character which i mean sure there's a lot of assets but they've done it for other games too when they should have said what they eventually said was well you're playing as this character it's a you're that character it's not creating a new character because you're playing storyline so you're playing as this character yeah even if there are four of you playing as the same character you're all still playing the same character so that's what they should have said on the first part of it as opposed to being like oh girls are hard to make <laughs> we were worried we wouldn't get the boobs just right as you're running uh, about well, call one of those dudes from Dead or Alive, and they'll fucking tackle that shit. They've been building boobs for the past 15 years. Uh, just so you guys know, when Brian called, I missed the first 10 minutes of recording that. Apparently, it shut that off. So, oh. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I've never done uh, multiple calls for a recording before, and my recorder just turned off. and so It's going again now. It's about 10 minutes here. Oh, that's awesome. all right. You already got like an hour and 58 minutes of uh, <laughs> stuff. Lots to well, remove. There you know, a lot of pauses. On the thing about what you're talking about, Brian, my opinion is they should have just not responded at all. It was after they responded that everyone jumped into the situation and started screaming about it. If they had just ignored it, people would have moved on to the next thing. Well, I think it should have been addressed because there are valid concerns about that, like a multiplayer game. Like, why can't I make a female character if you get to design your own character? And if they had, because, I mean, they, they've made an Assassin's Creed with a female lead before. Right. And, well, yeah. If they had but just... they should have just said what the fucking actual thing was because it sounded like some idiot from not the marketing department said some dumb oh uh, it's a lot of assets we got to make and we already fucking way into production blah 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 when it should have been like how are we gonna what are we gonna do and they go well you're playing as it's part of the storyline that you're playing as this character not uh, it's not an rpg you don't get to build your own character you're playing this person's storyline right and i i my my well the angle i take on it is that it's a product like if you don't like it a lot of people who are complaining didn't even buy it so it's like complaining that the the example well, it hasn't come out yet. So I mean, they the, might not buy it. But <laughs> the example that I that I used was uh, who you know why would I complain about the cup holders <clears throat> and one of the brand new Chevys if I'm not if I don't own one like, if I haven't bought it why would Chevy care that I'm complaining about their cup holders? Uh, it, it's it's a product. If you if you don't want it to continue because you have a problem with it, just buy a different product that's doing what you think they should, and that's how you change a market. I mean, I agree with that to a point, but I still think that them addressing it and explaining why it's that way is better than because you need to. I think still, as a public-facing company, you still need to address concerns. Otherwise, it's just going to go on, and people are going to keep complaining about it. Like they won't even respond to us. They're treating us like we don't even fucking matter. And that's where I think it, it needed a public response. The first one wasn't very good, but the second one I think is a, a valid issue, a valid point. The only thing I I don't understand is why couldn't they take a, a page from like the Mass Effect. Uh playbook 
and just make it so that it is the same character, but you can have female shepherd or male shepherd. In this one, you can have female assassin, same storyline, male assassin, same storyline. Then all you're oh. doing is changing a few minor points of dialogue and creating a, a female model. Or make them confused so you can't tell which it is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Save some time and money. Everyone's like, is that Since a male they're... or a female character? And you're like, it's what? Just... <laughs> yeah, you just never show them without the hood on. Yeah. So it's always like, uh, maybe that's a gun, maybe those are boobs. I don't know what's under that jacket. <laughs> I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's it, it's not an RPG though. It's really not. It's not a design your own character. It's a it's a your this storyline. It's kind of like when they did Halo. You know, they didn't want to say if Master Chief was a dude at first, but they were like, yeah, he's a dude. He's got a guy's voice. But they talked about part of the reason they put people in armor and stuff like that is because that way you can kind of be whatever you want to be under the mask. Yeah, yeah. They in uh, online play, I think you can select uh, uh, female or male. Yeah. Now the thing I have a problem with that. So this is where my concerns come in. Uh, my brother and I, uh, we spent <clears> enough money to get Halo Four because that was his game that he loved to play online, and it was total crap. <laughs> I liked Halo Four. Okay. I, that was one of my favorite ones, actually. It I was. Liked, I liked. I liked it with Four Three Four Studio more than Bungie, honestly. It, well, my problem with it was that there was an unbelievable amount of glitching. Um, and I just, I think that they spent time changing things that were fine the way they were. And I wish they had spent more time adding rather than, uh, altering. Uh, those, those, those are the types of things that I'll get into discussions about whether like, if you have a character that's playing through and it's a woman, I don't sit there going, oh, this game is sexist. There's only a woman I can play. I really, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Well, it's the same as guys never get upset about that. They don't look like the Gears of War characters. Like, why am I not big and built like that? Nobody's going to like me whenever... I mean, yeah, it's destroying my self-esteem. Yeah, like, I remember people got really mad about Lollipop Chainsaw, which was, like, this bubbly cheerleader chick that killed zombies. And what do you want do her you to dress think, like? Her character's a bubbly, bubbly cheerleader. Do you guys think that these extreme feminists, the ones who are, you know, finding patriarchy in Halo 4, <laughs> are are ruining, like, what women are really fighting for? Do you think that they're yeah. ruining absolutely. feminists? Yeah, sort absolutely. of the way... Sort of the way PETA being extreme and embracing pseudoscience and whatever is really not helping animal rights activism anymore, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's kind of sad. And I don't know. Um, I don't, I mean, I haven't really said anything. I know we, this is a topic that's been coming up a lot, but um, even before today, but I just don't even give them any thought. I go, okay, you're an idiot. Move on to the next thing, yeah. you know? I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. Personally, I I think they do hurt it. Uh, they do hurt uh, the right the rights of women um, more than they help. But not just women, but equality in general. And, it makes and, everything hostile and poisonous. Yeah. yeah, it makes it makes people get a sour taste in their mouth when they hear the word feminist because they think of these extreme people. You know, sort of like you get a foul taste in your mouth when you think of Christians because you know you're thinking of the uh, Ken Hams of the world. You know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Anyway, okay, that, that's, and, that's and, my agree with that. And, and the worst part is is that the only way to cure it, I think, is to address it, take it head on. But a lot of people can't be bothered because, like you say, I just don't give them much thought. Because it's, 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 it's a completely vapid exercise to try and address it with the individual espousing the point of view because they will never be convinced that their position is wrong. There's a popular conflation that often happens with people when you challenge a feminist idea is they'll conflate you with being anti-woman and sometimes once that's done it's difficult to undo it yeah so that's why people back away i think they don't want to be perceived as being a woman hater when really what they want to do is challenge an idea i agree 
I just, uh, I, I, I agree with you. It does, it does hurt it. Um, I, I have a problem when they're fighting against things like tropes in video games. Um, and now, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with them fighting against tropes in video games. I have a problem with the way they try to execute it and make it like some big grand patriarchal scheme, which yeah. it's not. It's, it's, I mean, yes, there are issues that need to be addressed. Their execution of addressing them is poor. Well, it's, because sorry, that's, go on. well, I'm just saying that's, you know, like, Making YouTube be like, look at all these bad things the video games are doing. This patriarchy, patriarchy. No, we would like the like talk about what you would like to see and not about what you're you're hating to see. Yeah, you know, let's and go for a positive move. Like, hey, why don't we start making a like? Hey, I've got an idea. Instead of making the always the damsel in distress, but make it some other type of game where you're doing something. And the and the girls game shouldn't be a fucking honey housemaker or whatever. But that I mean, I hate, to, <laughs> I hate to speak to reality here, but the the reality of it is, is women, generally speaking, aren't the ones buying video games. It's typically a male audience, you know. That's yeah. that's shifted a lot in the last ten years, though. It's There's shifted a lot, a lot but it's still gamers. the majority is men, and I, I don't think that when men are playing Halo, they're really concerned about the patriarchy. You know, yeah, we don't give a shit. And the people complaining about it. I think, you know, as Brian was saying, or someone said earlier, was, you know, they're not even buying the game. They're just making noise and bitching and moaning about it. When the reality of it is they can bitch and moan and they could even, let's say hypothetically, they're correct, right? Right or wrong, they're, you know, whether that's true or not, let's say that they're absolutely correct. It's not going to change anything because people are still going to buy the video games because they want the, the explosions and crap, right? Yeah. That yeah. you're not going to, you know, so... They're not change. They're not really changing anything, you know, in the video game industry. And um, you know, you're not going to go out there and start playing some other game necessarily because of the the patriarchy, you know, quotes about you know Halo 17 or whatever the hell it is. It's just you know, the 20 year old guy who's buying the video game to play online with his buddies, you know, is probably never even going to hear about these people. And I don't, yeah. you know. I could be wrong, but well, there, uh, guys, I got to take off. Uh, I'm blocking the driveway, so I'm gonna go home and uh, take my children. Uh, check you later. See ya. See ya. Bye. One of one of the other issues is there are games that do that are exploitative like that, like Dead or Alive, like the volleyball game. It was just a uh, just girls with big boobs bouncing around on a beach. That's one of those. It's like okay, well, that's it's not really sexist. It's just that's what they made. They made a beach volleyball game with. 3D big boob girls. Well, I don't like that all the guys are, you know, chiseled and buffed. That's what I say. Yeah, the guys don't get pissed off about that. We don't care when every single video game character and even it, the big, it the gives big dudes me, are. It gives killed. me body issues. Let's <laughs> say you'll never hear that. And I, I've never met a girl that's gotten mad about Princess Peach being a princess or, oh, look, she's so thin. I need to lose weight. Maybe I'll be a princess and a plumber can save me. I've never heard that from any female I've ever talked to about video games. I've got a lot of girl gamer friends that, and I mean, I know that's not really representative of the entire gaming community of women, but it's still one of those things where it's just a fucking video game. And I don't see how it's building that. Like, Oh, I need some big, strong man to come save me. Well, sometimes people might need that. There's a bunch of zombies and you're surrounded. I'll just have fuck it. Let her die. I'm not, <laughs> she can help herself. Like then you lose points for not saving somebody to be part of your team. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of dumb things that, Gets said about video games and the comic book culture and all of those, just the the Comic Con culture, I guess. Really, it could spread out to like video games and Comic Con, like the action hero movies, stuff like that. Because a lot of when I mean, I guess the the problem is more societal in general than it is in video games. It's because they don't want to 
nobody wants to watch strong female characters that often because they're like they want an action hero and that for a long time that didn't exist in comics so i mean there were some but predominantly superman batman what it changes with content Iron man. <laughs> this, this is what i try try to emphasize is that you can try to intimidate change and scream about change but the real long-term power that's going to change and bring women into the market, for instance, and make them a larger portion of it, is that you start talking to them and gauging what they respond to and offering them content that they like. And to be honest, I don't think that's as simple as uh, you have a male or a female character uh, for any given situation. I think it has a lot more to do with the type of interaction you have, the type of storyline or the type of setup for the game. And... Uh, and how you introduce it to them as far as your advertising and stuff like that. There's more to it than just going, this is what men want, this is what women want, and everyone has, has you know, equal... Yeah, we're much more dynamic species than that. Yeah. So are you implying somehow that the people complaining maybe don't fully understand what's going on? <laughs> Carl, I would never make such an allegation. Never. <laughs> it's But a lot of the arguments uh, from the really hardliners, I do feel are from people who are not real uh, adamant gamers. I think that there's a there's a point to that. I could agree with that, because all the female gamers I know don't give a fuck what character they're playing. They're playing it to play the character. It's like, I mean, there are dudes that play female characters in games and don't give a shit, because they're just playing it. They want to play the game. That's all they want to play is the game. That's true. It's, I have, it's really uh, about the game. I have Fallout New Vegas, and uh, the my most recent character is a chick, yeah. and she runs around uh, wearing a bonnet. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of, like one of my really good friends, she plays basically, she did play professional Counter-Strike, and she can fucking destroy people in that game, and she doesn't care what the character is, she's playing the game to shoot stuff, because that's what she likes doing in video games, is I'm going to fucking headshot every single person I see. <laughs> hey, you can never tell, you can never tell exactly, like I said, it's what I'm talking about gauging reaction, you can never really tell what kind of phenomenon is for certain going to take off. No. Some games, some games that have become really successful... People probably wouldn't have, you know, anticipated they'd be so, uh, such a game changer, pardon me, pun. Uh, like Grand Theft Auto 3, I know I loved it as soon as I played it, but I don't think that I had such, uh, I didn't think that as many games would go three-dimensional, like full world roaming, yeah. open space, as have been the case now. Sandbox games have really taken off because people want to just be able to fuck around and do whatever they want to. I know um, Watch Dogs is like that. I love Watch Dogs. It's a fun game because they've had I can a lot do of the RPGs. Missions. I'm sorry, they had a lot of RPGs where you could do that. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto isn't an RPG necessarily, but um, yeah, I always like that aspect of it, especially for yeah. RPGs where you go around and you kill goblins or whatever. And, yeah. Well, it's non-directive uh, storytelling. I mean, they, you've got missions and goals, but you can go fuck off and do whatever you want to as well, oh, which yeah. is, I think how to get more game time out of a game anyway that companies are starting to see. Because, I mean, in Grand Theft Auto, you can just drive around and fuck with stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go jump a car off a building today and try to land it in a train and see if that yeah. works. And it doesn't matter. You can play with your friends. It doesn't matter. It's just a fun game. And at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter who the main character is. It doesn't matter who, what, if you can customize your, is it a fun game? If it's fun, that should be what sells the game. Yeah. So. And graphics. Graphics are important, but as the you know uh, success of some indie not games, so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not the end all be all. It's, it's funny. Fun. I remember in the mid '90s, early mid '90s, um, they started coming out with these video games with really cool graphics and sound, you know, relative to the time and technology. And everyone was just going crazy about these games where you know it's like, what do you do? You walk around a room and you click on stuff. 
you know yeah. and i was like that's the most boring game ever you know <laughs> and and i and i kind of realized that yeah it's it's more about gameplay it, it's the how responsive are the controls? You know, if I push the button, does the guy start to turn or does it take him a second, right? Yeah. Or, or two seconds. And, and um, you know, and I started to really appreciate, you know, like the different kinds of games and, and what it takes to make a game good. And I, you know, I mean, there's some great games that have crappy graphics. And I yeah. still, to this day, will say XCOM um, is one of the all-time greatest uh, video games. And I don't know if you guys ever played it. You can probably get it for free on the internet somewhere. It's used to come on like a three and a half inch floppy, um, but it was an amazing game. And they did a reboot of it for the uh, PlayStation and probably Xbox. And um, the reboot wasn't as good because it didn't have all the shit that you could do. And it was a brutal game. <laughs> it was it combined um, your basic um, strategy game with your science buildup kind of a game like. Uh, yeah. The original Warcraft, where you know you need to yeah, you know, upgrade all your your troops and yeah. everything. Well, if you were sucking at the strategy part, you weren't going to be able to get the stuff to make sure your troops were getting upgraded faster. And as time went on, the aliens were getting harder and harder. So even if you did get ahead, maybe you had some lucky missions. You know, you need to stay on your A game, or you know, the next wave of level up, if you will, was just going to demolish you. It yeah. was it was a in. I don't know. So many times you'd start the game and you would lose. You know, you can never it, to actually be able to finish the game was a huge accomplishment, and that's on easy level. <laughs> um, and anyways, yeah, that that's my rant. But yeah, video games. There's just so many that come out now that really just don't get keep my attention. If that may, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And visually, they may be great, but if they don't have sustainable gameplay ability. Yeah, well, it's like um, it's like Dead Space is a really good example. Dead Space didn't get a lot of mar. I don't feel like it got a lot of marketing because I didn't see a lot. I mean, they could have had a huge marketing budget and it just didn't yeah. place well. But I went to the store and I was like, I want to play a cool game. And the guy that worked there, he was like, I played Dead Space. Have you played that? I was like, Nope, never. And so I bought it, and it was an amazing game. It's a fucking like a horror space game or whatever. And it was really awesome. And that went on because of just basically word of mouth people sharing it like that. It they went on to make three of them. They got better and better every time. Oh, wow. A lot of good games like that. Like, I mean, you look at Minecraft, don't give a fuck about the graphics. It's just building. You're just creating things. And that's creative freedom that most games can't give you or don't give you. Yeah, I mean, you look at what they've done with Minecraft and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the so much flexibility, you know, you, you can make that game into any other game that you want, you yeah. know? And, um, and I think that's what, what really gives it that lasting power. Yeah. So and there are games that are, that are completely story driven. It's like, you know, a six hour story arc. And, but if the, if it's just a solid game where you actually care about what's going on in the game, yeah. it's going to be good. I mean, like you can get over little glitches to like, the, Oh, the wall didn't load because it's in beta or something like that. But if it's a solid storyline, a solid game, it doesn't matter if it's a female or a male character that you're playing because the game is solid. Yeah. Like nobody cares about checkers. The last uh, it's still a fun game. They're like, oh, is this a is this a girl piece or a boy piece? Well, well it's a girl piece. Because <laughs> if it was a boy piece, it would <laughs> it would have a little po part poking up. <laughs> I you know I just don't have as much time as when I was younger to play the even the the major online games i know that once i get started i want to spend a lot of my time and i really can't get sucked into it so that's a, a real constraint for me i i have problems like just shutting it off after a little while 
once I get going, I'll just go and go. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> I've been able to do that. I've only been able to do that with a few games. Brutal Legend, just because it was funny. Um, the Uncharted series, I would play for like the first chapter or two, and you know, I'd kind of mealy mouth and piddle around with those. But then after about like chapter three or so, I would get into it, and I would stay up all fucking night. Because I would get locked into the story, and I'm like, I need to know what happens next. Yeah, and you just want to get to the next little bit, and then after that, and, and you know what? Even sometimes with TV shows, when I have a whole bunch like set up on seasons, yeah, and I'll just be like, well, I'll just watch the beginning of the next episode, and I'm like <laughs> at the end of the episode, and I'm like, well, now I have to watch the beginning. The I was like episode. that with Orange Is the New Black because me and Sarah sat down and watched that, and we started the first episode, and I was like, all right, that's pretty cool, and then like by the third episode, she was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go to bed. We'll watch some more tomorrow, and I was like. I'm going to be up for four more hours. What the fuck are you doing going to sleep? Like, <laughs> no, I want to see this. I want to see, do we need to finish this? You know what game storyline was the new uh, Grand Theft Auto? That was so, such a good storyline. Have you guys see, played I it? I haven't got, to, I started it, but then I sold my Xbox 360 to get an Xbox One. So I'm waiting for the HD version to come out on Xbox One. Okay, it is. Then I'm going to play through it. <laughs> Oh my God! Just you—you you need headphones. You need to, because you know, whenever they go to the cutscenes, it seems like someone starts talking to you. You know, mm -hmm. but yeah, you need to hear all the dialogue of stuff that's going on. In the beginning, it's kind of dumb, but it's it's building up to stuff. And mm -hmm. as you, it was there was just there were scenes, or even there's parts where there's dialogue while you're doing stuff that was so funny that just you're you know you're like you're listening to these conversations you're like is this going like where is this conversation going you know just yeah. the things the situations just it's uh, it was amazing it was a really good game you know, and well, the online was fun but it got to be a bit of a grind after a while so sorry, this is gta 5 you're talking about yeah yeah i've watched my nephews playing a little bit here and there like i i haven't had time to get into it so i just grab a car off of one of their save profiles and i drive down the sidewalk yeah for like half an hour i do that yeah <laughs> Yeah, GTA Five, man, it's amazing. The dialogue, though, you need to listen to it. It's a little, you know, you know, I got kids, so little kids, so I usually wear headphones when yeah. I play it. It's just, but it's just like, oh my god, I, I get it. You like, you've said this particular set of words enough, you know. It's like I'm certainly not against swearing, but holy shit, they they seem to just go over the top. And I almost think playing the game and, and hearing it that the reason they're doing that is just to to give a big fuck you to the people complaining about it you know like yeah. oh you don't like us using those words we're gonna do everything we can that is the only thing we wrote for three pages of script yeah, yeah. it's just <laughs> the entire page is hey fuck you fucking fuck you fuck yeah and and uh and i think that's great i think it's you know it's a fuck you to the people who are complaining about it and look at me we're and they made they broke like some record in sales you know, it was almost like the more people complained about it, the more publicity they got, which is true, but you can't even pay for that kind of marketing. You can't. It was just it was amazing. So and the graphics are spectacular. And that's on a PS3. I can only imagine when they port it over to a four and, you know, yeah, that's why I'm waiting for to get it on Xbox one because I saw the side by side shots and it looks amazing. Mm. So I'm going to have some fun with that whenever it actually comes out. There's so many games coming out this fall that I've got to get. The, there's a lot that's coming out that I really want. Yeah. Another one, uh, we're talking about some of the story-driven ones, uh, RPGs. The last RPG I really got into was Final Fantasy X. That was like years ago. Yeah. But I just don't have time to go through all of the, what do they call it? The uh, JRPGs grind. You have to just grind. Yeah, yeah. For so long. Just like, I'm going to go in the woods and fucking kill a thousand animals. 
so I can get like four more XP so I can fucking kill this monster that requires this much to fucking beat. Yeah. And I just don't have time for him. I tried yeah. playing, I think, number 12 or something when it came out. I played for, like, a couple hours. And I was just like, wow, is this is this going to be, like, hundreds and hundreds of hours to do everything that you can yeah. do in this game? And I'm Sometimes the grind is not part of the game, and it doesn't make the game any better. Well, Final Fantasy X, I think that they removed a lot of the grind that they had had before that. They actually reduced it a lot. Um, yeah. But then with number 12, it was increased again. Like I could tell right away. Yeah, sometimes the length of time you get to play the game is not equal to the quality of the game. Portal 2 was like a six-hour, seven-hour campaign if you played like pretty straightforward through it without like poking around and stuff. Solid game. Did not need, I didn't need any more. I mean, I would like more because I like the puzzles, but they opened it up to the fucking community to make maps. So that's cool. See, I can't stand the puzzles. I can't stand the, oh, you don't have a key to get through this. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Just open the door and want to go kill something. You just blasted a monster with lightning and destroyed it, and now you can't get through a wooden door. Precisely. (laughs) I'm more talking about the portal puzzle specifically where it's like physics-based stuff where you're like, I've got to put a portal here, and I can put one on that thing. But I need that cube to set off that button so I can do that. Like that. See, type that's of... what I like about the Bethesda games is for 99% of the missions, you have a marker on the map. It is this direction. You need yeah. to go this way. And, you know, sometimes they don't have it for legitimate reasons. But um, the majority well, of the portal. time, this pick is where you go. Two for, pick up Portal 2 for, for um, PS3 and just give it a playthrough. It's probably like $12 now, previously used or rented or something. And if you don't like puzzle games after that, there's it's not the type of puzzle game you're thinking of. It's mm-hmm. not like, a, oh, I need the red key card to get to this chain link fence, even though I'm holding a chainsaw. <laughs> Chainsaws don't work that well on chain link fences. <laughs> they both have chain in it. I get that. But, yeah. <laughs> or the fence is like six feet tall and you're like, oh, I just can't get over it. Why well, can't I climb? Yeah. Let me climb over it. They, they've gotten better at that stuff. It used to be, I was in Grand Theft Auto 3, I think you fell in the water, you'd die, right? Yeah. And well, then, like, in um, Dead Rising, you're like, I have uh, boxing gloves made out of spikes, but I can't get through this wooden cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I should be able to open up everything in this building. <laughs> I have a... What I hate is, uh, okay, so, talking about puzzles, I hate obstacle courses, is what I call them. They're distractions from the main storyline, and I hate when they make them mandatory. Grand Theft Auto uh, series does this, where all of a sudden I'll be like, okay, in order to progress in the main storyline, you have to take these little remote-controlled cars and go through a course, but be careful, there's dynamite, you know, something stupid like that. Yeah. So now I'm playing a completely different game in-game, and I'm forced to do it if I want to progress. It pisses me off. Yeah, have you played any of the Bethesda have... games? Skyrim and... Yep. Yeah, so those those have a lot of side quests, but, um, but they don't necessarily inhibit you that much. Um, not like, not like with the remote control cars on the beach, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. You're like, seriously, I have to, you know, um, yeah. The thing that kind of confused me with New Vegas was they, you're supposed to be doing all these side quests and then you have like, you know, three quests that are going at, at you know, you're working on currently at the same time. And it'll, have you guys played it by chance? New Vegas? Fallout? No, I haven't played that one. It's, it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I played Skyrim, three. I just didn't play. Vegas. Yeah, it's, it's it's really good. I like it anyways. But um and then it'll go it'll go, well, what do you do? Do you, you know, do you kill this guy or do you let him live or whatever? And whatever you do means you pass one mission but you fail another one. And there's like yeah. an O C D part of me that's like, No, no, I wanna you know, but you're supposed to How about to, I just shoot him in the leg? But you're supposed to <laughs> Yeah, you're supposed to work your way to go line up with this particular group of guys. So you can finish the game like eight different ways or whatever. So 
it's just frustrating though because the first time through i'm like i'm not gonna do any side missions i'm just gonna do the main storyline i just want to see it to the end and then the second time through i'm gonna really kind of relish all the side crap and and um you can't really do that and level up you know and you so you kind of get to the end of the game you're like crap i can't beat this guy it's like oh i was supposed to do all this other shit and i didn't do it so yeah whatever you know Dude. All right, guys. Well, I got to get out of here. I got to go to the store and still do some more schoolwork. I just wanted to pop on for a bit and say, hey, I didn't want to miss it. So, uh, Cool. Well, thanks for showing up. Uh, yeah. Lee's been saying for about half an hour he's going to show up, so I thought you'd be on for the same while, uh, for the same bit for a while. But I don't know what he's taking care of, but it seems to have gotten him uh, involved in something. Yeah, he, he gets distracted. He's probably just playing Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we're all late at the same time, so yep. mostly. <laughs> That's right, the well, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, man. Bye. Have a good one. All right. Bye. That's the way Sunday should be, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I was busy with the kids and, and totally spaced it. So I was like, oh, but I should probably get going myself here. I need to get some food. And then, right. Well, thanks so, for stopping by. I'm glad to hear yeah. that your vacation went well. It went good. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, back to work, back to the back to the grind, back to normal, you know. So just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in Phoenix. It's hot. I'm just waiting another <laughs> month or two it'll start to cool down and you know it'll be nice i saw i saw you and ben both on um anton show oh yeah 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 good talks there yeah it was a good time you know anton's a good guy um atheist asshole um what'd you call me (laughs) (laughs) a canadian (laughs) that's right right. you're polite and well-spoken damn you (laughs) um yeah it was a little because I just did, we did the last episode of Post Rapture Looting. I don't know if you caught that or not, but um, so we're, I'm done with Post Rapture Looting. I did all the work on it mostly. So, the, you know, we did the last one and um, I'm taking a break from podcasting for a while and I'm trying to figure, I want to do something else, I guess, you know. A new direction, so, uh, take it somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know if, it, if it's going to be a, an atheist one or something else to do you know just to keep myself busy but um i don't really know what i can talk about where i'd be beneficial though (laughs) um but yeah you know just we've been doing it we did 101 episodes um which i never really i don't know i never really thought how many we would do but if i had known i was going to do 100 i i wouldn't have believed it you know yeah well it kind of blows your mind when you stop to think about all the time that you put into it all the people you talk to yeah and that's been amazing has been all the people i got to meet doing it you know and uh yeah so i don't know I'm, but, I'm, but you're still going to be a guest down the road right for our show yeah 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 if you want me as a guest absolutely um just tell me when and and uh i mean i'm, I'm a guest now but <laughs> but um, if you want to do uh, an individualized one absolutely um yeah. let me know i will set an alarm <laughs> and make sure I don't uh, space out on it. Um, <laughs> you mean like Reap did? I mean, there was the I forgave him for that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, he he totally forgot. In his defense, he was trying to get his car back that had been towed from his own driveway. <laughs> a little distracting. Yeah, that whole you know hearing all that shit makes me not miss California. I, I lived in the same town as Reap lives in now. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I grew up out in that in that part of uh, the country, and um, it's like that's the kind of bullshit you got to deal with all the time, you know. And just I don't know what it is—just really stupid, inconsiderate people. And and uh, I mean, I guess that's everywhere, but 
I just got really sick of the Bay Area. And it's nice to visit, but every time I've visited, I've, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not moving back there. <laughs> you know, I kind of had it in the back of my head at some point later in life, I would move back. But yeah, it, I don't think so. You know, there's, there's better parts of the country where I am. So, <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, you said you have to go, so I'm going to let you go. Um, okay. But we'll talk soon. Yeah, definitely. Let me know. Um, I'm around. And uh, yeah. So cool, man. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> have a good one. What's wrong with death, sir? What are we so mortally afraid of? Why can't we treat death with a certain amount of humanity and dignity and decency and, God forbid, maybe even humor? Death is not the enemy, gentlemen. If we're going to fight a disease, let's fight one of the most terrible diseases of all, indifference. This asshole. Hey, everybody, this is Anton A. Hill, a.k.a. the Atheist Asshole. There are times where I ask questions, of course. Um, but I, I try to keep it as conversational as possible. Atheist. Asshole. He'll talk if like. I tell you right out, I'm a man who likes talking to a man who likes to talk. Atheist. Asshole. Wasn't sure if you guys were still on. We are. Well, I'm still here. Um, Chris had to go. Damn him. Wily, wily ways. And you literally missed uh, Brian by two minutes and Carl by one. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Lee might drop in yet. Uh, he's, I think he wants to, but something about phone calls. So hopefully nothing unpleasant. No, well, he's always moving and shaking. Pardon me, I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know he was so involved with um, atheism TV until I saw his picture on their official thing. And I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> I guess he is. I haven't watched atheism TV. How are they doing? I have no idea. I haven't watched it. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but I actually don't think I care. <laughs> um, and I think I might be kind of bitter because they never asked me to join. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Not to mention it, they didn't ask me either. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I hope they do well. I just, I, I think I've reached quite a bit of a saturation point with this stuff. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, certainly root for them, but uh, I kind of wonder how many hours can be filled with anything other than, all right, so, uh, man, Roy Moore, Judge Roy Moore, he was a jerk, wasn't he? And then, yep, <laughs> he sure was. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you and I are filling hours with this stuff, but um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sure. <laughs> I like, a, well, I like a flexibility. Um, there's two, well, there's two things I like. I like a flexibility where you don't have to have things be formally on point just about atheism, so to speak. Right, uh, but you can talk about along the way your perspective on these things as a non-believer and stuff like that. Uh, the other thing is practical. When people want to talk about ending, for instance, genital mutilation or mm. civil rights discrimination, stuff like that obviously has a an immediate uh, resonance. Oh, I agree with that. That's true. Yeah, um, I guess I just I'm finding less and less interest in even those things. Not because they're not important. I just heard it over and over and you know your positions on them and well there's only so much time in the day and um i was i was i don't know if you saw me talking to dean esme but um yeah i listened to that i what i often do is listen to it on audio uh on my headset yeah. but i one of the things i told him that i still feel is that um i found that very few people are really truly interested in discussing their opinions um even when they use labels like free thinker so um, one of the reasons I want to talk to him was because when we first talked randomly uh, in someone else's hangout, I told him straight up that I, I had been highly critical of what he and, and they do. And 
I don't know why I was shocked and I wasn't like bowled over or anything, but I was, he was just like, Oh, okay. And I have never had that experience with, um, some people who disagree with him, <laughs> um, without naming names. I've, I've talked to a few people, um, where I was just like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying like, why do you think this? And in most cases they're like, you just hate wit. And it's like, no, I don't just, yeah. Can we, can mean? we talk about this? <laughs> Yeah. Um, in fact, in a couple cases, I think it was like two years ago, I said, look, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I just don't understand. There's a complete, those, those are two different things. And I might agree with you, but I want to know more about your position. And um, usually I was accused of trolling or jacking off or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. I understand that's a possibility, but you probably should understand too that if you're willing to put yourself out there in an online forum, you're running the risk of that. So if you want that to go away, then you should perhaps get offline. You know, I don't know. And for any listeners who are unfamiliar when I put this up later, jacking off refers, refers to just asking questions. And wait, they're saying you're wasting my time because you don't really care. Yeah, it's. I think it's a I, – I, I didn't really understand it first either. I think it's supposed to be a brand of trolling where you're, you're asking questions which are insincere. They're meant to provoke a response. Yeah. Um, and I can understand how that can be uh, annoying, but I also don't really have a lot of sympathy for it because it's like, well, if you hold what is possibly known as a controversial position, you're probably going to have to just deal with that on some level. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've dealt with that. I've said things where people like, in fact, I, I had it just the other day with um, Sarkeesian and, and uh, not her directly, but some, she, she used someone's information personally after he said some pretty nasty things to her. And I basically said, you know, way to go with your ethics there because it's like, I, I get that him saying those things is not nice, but revealing his private information to the world is also not nice. And the one right. does not cancel out the other. Um, and uh, the person with whom I was speaking didn't agree with me and and then, <laughs> and then went on to say things about me. And, and I kind of wanted to say, look, I'm not, uh, in fact, the guy accused me of, of uh, justifying the original action. I was like, did I say I justified it? No, <laughs> I didn't say that at all. I said a wrong does not make a wrong right. But, and actually a friend of mine was like, yeah, I think what happens in most of those cases is someone chooses to defend a position and then it becomes about defending the position. Yeah. I was well, like, yeah, that's fine, but I, at least recognize that. I think what you're getting at is the difference between people who uh, want to have the discussion because they believe in the principles and they think that eventually these discussions will have an impact on people. And then the other yeah. side is they just want you to conform. Yeah. I'm, I don't understand the wanting to conform thing. I was talking about this with, um, oh, with Brian last night. Um, cause I was like, I, I said, you know, I, I'm going to sort of paraphrase Bill Maher here. Like I don't agree with, um, pro-life people. I'm not convinced that life begins at conception in as much as that is not a conscious, self-aware, sentient being at conception. It's a couple of cells mingling their DNA. Um, However, I understand the sentiment behind, you know, why is it that pre-birth it's abortion and post-birth it's murder? Like, why, why is that truly a difference? And I, I kind of get where they're coming from. I don't agree, but I kind of get it. And so when Silverman went to um, the, uh, the conservative thing, I don't remember what it was called, and he... CPAC? You know, was it CPAC? Yes, that's right. Yeah, and he, and he had a table there. Now, I have to admit, my first reaction was like, why are you going there? But I was like, well, Anton, the only thing that unites us is a lack of, of belief. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. At least nothing else necessarily that does. There's a lot of, you know, crossed circles and whatnot, but none of that should be presumed because this is what happens is he went and then everybody got all up in arms about that. Like, well, you know, conservatives are pro-life. And that's and it's like, well, so what? Like, there's... 
we tend to lean left, most of us, but I don't think it should ever be assumed that we do. Yeah. I mean, that's just dumb. It's like, it's like actually, I don't know if you've seen um, some of the, the chatter over the years of, you know, I guess conversations about inclusion and, and what language we should use. I got into a pretty big, no, not pretty big, a thing the other day with someone who was making claims about ableism and what we should say about it. And I was like, well, I disagree with you and I'm ableist. I, I, excuse me, I'm not ableist. <laughs> I'm, I'm disabled. So basically, like, what are you going to say to me? You know, I, I don't take your word for granted because I think you're full of shit. And just because you are disabled doesn't mean that I have to agree with you because I am also and I don't agree with you. And it's funny because at first she was like, well, you know, this is a huge problem. We need it. And then she's like, well, you know, to each their own. It's like, OK, so first this is I'm right because I say I am. And then it's like, oh, wait, you have credentials, too. Well, shit. What am I going to say about that now? Right. And then I, I finally I, I basically said, like, look, I, I read some of what you said and these are my fundamental problems with it. And then I think I asked her a couple of questions and oh, I, I'm not on. Oh, OK. Um. I asked her a couple of questions about it. Oh, it's all on my, my Twitter timeline. And and at some point she said, um, uh, I said everything I needed to say in the article. And and I, I get that. Like, that's basically saying, go fuck yourself. And it's that's fine. Like, she can say that. But I was like, okay, so you're not really, and because I, I finished with, like, so you're unconcerned with factuality. What you're concerned with is maintaining your position, which yeah. to me is a fundamentally dishonest place to be because um, – uh, oh, and okay. Here was the full fundamental question. It was whether it should be known as ableism or disableism. And my initial comment was, I don't know that there is enough of an issue here to call it an issue. Um, and that's when they were like, No, it is an issue. Oh, because the title of our article was um, "Ableism: Stop Insulting Me." And I was like, Well, I don't, I don't feel insulted by that word. I don't, and I don't see why I should. And just because she's arguing her argument doesn't mean that I should agree with her. So, and. I think had she made a more compelling argument, I would have been like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But even, like, um, even oh, if, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, even when you have uh, a situation where you have an argument with someone and you you don't agree with each other at all, basically, very little common ground. Uh, you know, one of the things I used to tell people when I was growing up is that I would often – because they would think they have no impact on me. And then mm. later, years later, they'd realize I had changed my position on something, and they'd be like, oh, when did that happen? And I was like, well, remember that argument we had? Well, you got me thinking. Oh, right. and they had no impression. Well, I'm like, that's because I only thought about it afterwards. I review the argument and I try to remember the points that you make. And I really consider, is there some validity here? Otherwise, it's a waste of my time. Like, if you don't consider what the other person has to say, like, why are you even arguing? Just yeah, and I, I mean, she was, she said something that did kind of grab me. Well, she used different terms than I would have, where she basically said there's a medical model to ableism and there's a social model. I'm not entirely convinced of what she was saying about medical, but... I think what she was saying was that basically the only reason that things like ableism exist and perhaps other isms is that socially we react to things in different ways. We put things into categories. And so when we as a society allow ourselves to put, you know, the person who has to use a wheelchair into a different category than the person who doesn't, that's when ableism is, arises. And, and, and I recognize that that is true and I recognize that it is pr predominantly social, but to ignore the medical side of it, I think is is dumb because there is a medical component. Like there is yeah. a difference between me and a person who uses a wheelchair. And to pretend there isn't, like this is why I I haven't had these conversations extensively in the skeptical atheist community because frankly no one really knows or cares about this stuff. But um, there has been a question of um, a term called differently abled, which really annoys the shit out of me. Because basically it's the assumption that 
drawing a line anywhere, saying on this side are the abled and this side are the disabled is itself an ableist thing to say, because it's presuming that the one who drew the line can make that distinction. Yeah. And I, I understand why that is an objection. But as I've told people on Twitter and elsewhere, the fact is I don't drive for a very good reason. And I don't think that should be considered differently able because it's not like I drive differently. It's that I don't drive. And I'm not ashamed of that. It's, it's for a very good reason. I would kill people. So I don't need people to be sensitive to that and say, well, I know you're differently. Like that's that, what does that accomplish? Nothing in my opinion. So while I understand the, the claim that the, the able disabled thing can be a false dichotomy depending on the condition and what we're talking about, it isn't necessarily always a false dichotomy. So while you know, someone can adapt to his or her situation and do things differently and therefore render the disability effectively meaningless. And, and, and in which case the, the differently able label might apply. I don't think we should assume that it must always apply and just take that as the granted position. So th that's when I get frustrated because it's like, well, you're basically just telling me we should do this because you think we should, which fine, you can have that opinion, but don't expect anyone else to adhere to it. And if you're going to expect it, then expect a little bit of pushback because Is, isn't not, it, isn't it also a little patronizing? In my opinion. Yeah. Because, um, like when, when she said like, Oh, I said I, everything I needed to say in the article, it's like, Okay, so you're you're assuming now at this point that that's sufficient, <laughs> and <laughs> maybe it is. I mean, maybe an expert would look at it and say, yeah, she, you know, she made her points. But I I read most of it. Um, I I don't mean to insult the woman, but I I got pretty bored at some point. I was like, okay, okay, you're you're kind of rambling at this point, and and I tried to honestly consider it. Um, I think some of it was fine. Um, in in that I didn't have any huge objection to it, but. I, I don't know why this is, but whenever people mention patriarchy, I just start turning off because I feel like terms like that represent an oversimplification of something that is so yeah. much more complex than yeah. just that word. So when I see things like, oh, well, you know, because of this, it's because of patriarchy, it's like... The world is, just... the world's a simple place and all of our solutions can be simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just... Oh. I, yeah, I think that's the thing is... Um, see, th this is why I, I've had so much fun... Um, trolling, if you if we want to use that term, the ableist or ableism tag on Twitter, because it's my, I guess, assumption that most times when people who look like me intentionally take on this issue with people we don't know, if you look at my my uh, my profile, I'm just this you know white guy, and I'm probably pretty easily identified as straight, and you know I'm I'm standing in front of this like cart thing, and it's on Venice's Lido Island, which I don't think is apparent from the picture, but it, all it takes is a little research to realize that. So arguably in a very privileged position, I understand that. So when I go in and I say, hey, I have a question about this, I think many people go, they look at those attributes and go, oh, he's just a, a jerk off who, who's, you know, coming here to, to be problematic. But then when I say, well, actually, I'm a lifelong gimp, then <laughs> suddenly I have credibility and they're, they're, it's sort of forced upon them. Like, yeah. oh, shit, we, we yeah. were going to just disregard him out of hand, but now we can't because he yeah. has a legitimate thing. And, and and actually, um, I, someone said something about, um, oh, sitting on their sunglasses. I, and I said, yeah, I sat on mine recently, too, and it really fucking pissed me off because I wear them all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, when I first started the conversation with the, uh, this woman and, and this other woman, they started giving me this lecture on, oh, ableism is real and it's, and it's a terrible thing. And I was like, look, I, I've been in and out of eye doctors since I was two. I know what it is, and I'm not denying that. In fact, I said, I'm not denying that this is a thing. I'm denying that... Or no, no. Okay, oh, okay. I remember what I said. I, I said I'm not denying that this, that this is an issue. I'm denying that the linguistic aspect is an issue because I'm not convinced that it is. Like I don't. 
it, were it not on Twitter, were it on Facebook or something, I probably would have said, look, you, you haven't convinced me that one, ableism is an insult to you, and two, that even if it is, that it is so insulting that it requires you to write an article about it. And, and granted, I, I can't presume to tell her what she should or should not write articles about, but in my opinion, if we're going to write articles about things, maybe it should be about actual harm that incurs upon people, like being blasted yeah. with fire hoses or being not allowed to drink from the same water fountains as other people. Like, you know, actual ramifications that affect people's lives, whereas I'm not convinced yet that the correct term or lack thereof really affects my life. I mean, at the most, I'm annoyed. And granted, I don't like feeling annoyed, but it's, it, there's, there's a huge difference there. <laughs> so, um, Did you ever watch the series uh, Bullshit, Penn & Teller? Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a stupid question, I guess. But yeah, uh, so they had an episode on there. There's a, Every now and then they'd have one where it was just like, you know what, this was a complete waste of my time to watch this episode. Most of them were great. Uh, yeah. Some of them were not so, you know, didn't really resonate, didn't seem to have that much. And one of them in particular, I remember, was about that they said that, uh, uh, I guess, what was it, the, the status of disability is bullshit. Mm. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, I remember he's walking along and he's talking, and there's a guy in a wheelchair behind him yeah. do, going over all the steps that he's going over. He's, like, lifting himself up, moving a, like a ladder out of his way. And he's like, you know what, this is stupid. Uh, like, okay, so the guy can do that stuff. While you're waltzing along, but why should he have to do that every day while you're walking into a building? He's got to go through a jungle gym to get in there because he's in a wheelchair. Just smooth it out. Let him park near the door. It doesn't, yeah. and it's not a big deal. You know, I don't know why they thought they needed to make an episode about it, but <laughs> yeah, just he's got more. You know, it's just scientific, right? He's got more energy. He's expending on it. Uh, make it a little easier for him. No one else is out of their is really put out of their way. You just have to walk a couple parking spaces further. Everyone's happy, and you want to sort of fight over it. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I I think some of this is very debatable, and I'm always happy to debate it because um, I, I was going to bring this up earlier. Um, I don't know if you've seen um, the the user's Internet Aristocrat, and he's he's done a few, but some really fun videos on Tumblr and. And other stuff like basically taking on the, the social justice people and and I'm glad he does it because I'm not willing to do it because it takes time and enter, uh, effort but one of them is on ableism and he, and he essentially says this is bullshit and we should make fun of it and while I don't agree with the first part I definitely agree with the second um, <laughs> I mean it is a thing that it is possible to be to be treated differently or yeah. less than based on a, um, a physical disability and and notice anyone I'm, I'm, I'm saying physical because Emotional and mental occur within the physical, so fuck you. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I really liked it. It was like half an hour, and it had a lot of. Um, uh, basically, he surfs Tumblr pages, and then he comments on them in real time. And I really like his voice, and I, I like his commentary. It's very funny. Um, excuse me. Um, and basically, his point on some level was we're creating a thing that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Because he found a bunch of autistic people or people who identified as autistic. And I don't know a lot about autism. I don't pretend to. Um, it is not the same thing as they what call, I have. They call it a spectrum now. Um, yeah, and, and, and I don't, uh, maybe that's true. I, I don't really know. I'm not an the, expert. The reason you might not be clear about it is because uh, there is a large degree now of disagreement within psychiatry about how it's right. being applied. Yeah, and I think that's one of the issues I have with it, and I think one of the issues Internet Aristocrat was pointing out, which is it seems now that anyone, and therefore everyone, is disabled. And it's like, well, that's not really true, though. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And that's where I start to feel resentful because it's like, okay, yes, maybe you're less socially capable than I am, but I don't know that that is really, truly a, a disability. But then that begs the question, what is a disability? And I don't know that I have a sufficient answer because it's like what, what Penn pointed out, like, I, I understand what he's saying. Why should we make everything different with the possibility that a very, very few people will have a slight better advantage in a situation. Yeah. Um, at least I think that's what he's saying. And, and I, 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 I get it, but I, I, God, I hate that I'm saying this. Fuck. <laughs> I would, I would suggest <laughs> that maybe he should, uh Oh, here it comes. You ready for it? That maybe he should check. It's privilege. privilege. <laughs> um, only because he's speaking as someone who oh, has not. I know. Had, I know you're going to say only because he's a white dude. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, because he's he's speaking as someone who has not had the experience, as far as I know. And I, I think, to some degree, without the experience, you really can't make much of a call. Now, I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. Right. I, I, I hate it when people say that. Well, you can't say anything because you're that. Like, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it, it, it's hard for the accuracy to be maintained. And accuracy is important. Okay, like, but the way, you're using oh, yeah, that, go ahead. the way you're using that expression opens up conversation. It doesn't shut it down. It's you saying you lack... You lack certain experience that I think is relevant here, and you probably should be exploring that information with people who have it so that they can share with you before you make your decision on what your stance is going to be. Or And I, I'd like to make clear, sharing with does not equal yelling at. Hello. You better grow eyes in the back of your fucking head, you horned piece of shit, because I'm not going to sleep until worms are crawling up your foam rubber ass. I'm going on safari, motherfucker. Safari. <laughs> Gee whiz, what a day. <laughs> like, I, I have maintained since my late teen years that if people have questions, I'm happy to answer them. Even the same ones, even over and over again. Yes, it gets tiring, but I understand that that's not the questioner's problem. You know, um, Will Whedon said something about this once I thought was very apropos. Someone asked him many, many years ago on his website, um, do you ever get tired of talking about Star Trek? And he's like, well... Yes, but I understand that for the person who's asking question, it's their first time, so I need to be patient with them. And I feel very strongly that's true. Like, I, I need to be patient with the person who's asking the question, unless, of course, they're a dick. Then I don't need to be patient. But most people aren't. So, um, so while I do suggest that, that Penn gain some experience or some insight, if he hasn't, um, I'm not saying that his opinion is invalid just because he doesn't happen to have that experience. And um, I would actually kind of agree with him because um, I think I was talking about this on some other podcast where the fact is if we were to, um, I guess, apply every so-called need that every one of us GIMPs has to every single public building and private business, I don't know that that's practical. Um, for example, as sort of a joke, I tweeted a few months ago that the LGBT flag was, was ableist because it's color-based and so we achromats can't tell one stripe from another, really. Now, I'm saying I was kidding because I, I understand that's not the point of the flag. Um, I also understand that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, the fact that I can't tell the stripes from each other doesn't have any real impact on my experience of the flag or the impact of the people who created the flag or the people for whom the, the flag was created. I understand that there's a net zero effect there. Um, now, if it were, say, oh, 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 I don't know if you remember this. Um, way back in, like, 2001... Was it 2001 when this happened? I don't remember if this is the right year, but shortly after the, the terrorist attacks, um, the U.S. government implemented this system of warning. 
Oh, the red, yellow, orange. Yeah, it was fucking horseshit. Now, now this is where I apply the ableism. Now, with the LGBTQ um, flag, I don't think it's as important because there's no really any effect. Like, I don't, I don't lose anything by not knowing what those colors are. I, I see that they're different colors, and I understand that it basically it's, you know, it's a metaphor for all the colors of the rainbow. And I get that. Like, that is not lost on me because the colors are. It, the, the essential information is still transferred. But in the terror alert, if they say, if they just put up a bar and say, we are at this level, I don't know what that is because it looks very similar to the other bar. Now, if they say, put all the bars up uh, at once and then they put an arrow against one, yeah, of course, then I have context. But then my question is, well, if we're going to do that, we might as well just get rid of the color coding system because we're going to use an arrow to point it out anyway. So whenever they would say, oh, and, and actually linguistically, when they were like elevated, um, extreme, honestly, I had no idea where we were. So... It was a useless system anyway, but the colors really pissed me off because it was like they were all warm colors, as I recall, and that is indicative. I don't recall. Like, it, it didn't stick out in my mind well enough. Um, and of the warm colors, they all kind of look similar. So I was like, great, Bush, thank you. Um, <laughs> you, were I, just, I rec- you were just always terrorized. <laughs> no, seriously. I was like, okay. In fact, the first time I saw it, I thought, well, I can't tell what those are, so this information will be completely useless to me, so I'm just going to ignore it. And... I don't want to live in fear, so I'm not going to. So I will just assume that, yes, I'm always in danger, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and, and I just let it go. It's, uh, yeah, it's, if people, like, people, were, the general population don't have access to whatever it is the hell they're talking about. They just see the color and the alarm. So the system yeah. made no sense because it's the equivalent of someone wandering into a village way back in the day and going, there's a danger. We're all in danger. We might die. And everyone going, my God, what is it? And him just walking away. Yeah. And then coming back into town every so often and saying that and everyone freaking out. <laughs> well, yeah, I, David Cross had this great bit um, shortly after that system came out where he, it was, it was awesome. He would, he said to his audience, Hey, um, so I, speaking of the, the terror alert, does anybody know where we're at? Are, are we at, are we at like, we're about to get nuked? Are we at, and, and, you know, some of the eyes is like, Oh, we're, we're like red oh, we're purple. And he's like, Nobody, nobody knows. You know why nobody knows? Because nobody gives a shit. It's, <laughs> it's completely useless information. It has no impact on anything. And, and it's just about being afraid. Like, that's the only real purpose for it. And, and it, you know, it's, it's like you, you, there's some family somewhere where like, oh, they, they raised the terror alert to yellow. Well, what do we do? You get scared. Okay, now I'm scared. Now, now what? Oh, just get the, get the roast out of the oven. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's useless information. They might as well give us updates on the latest estimates on when the sun's going to go nova. Like that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Because it's yeah, out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that whole era was just rife with bullshit. Yeah. But I mean, it's hardly a shock to anybody. I just I was always so surprised when some bullshit thing would come out and be like, "Wow, that's a bunch of bullshit," and I and then no one would say anything about it. And it was like, "What? Nobody else thinks this bullshit do?" <laughs> um. But yeah, as I was saying earlier, I, I understand where Penn's coming from, and if we were to adapt everything for every person, it would be impractical. It wouldn't be possible. But there's some things that I think should be adapted because they involve people's safety. Like, if I can't tell the colors on a menu, which has happened, and I can't read it, that's, that's not about my safety. That's about my convenience. A person in a wheelchair being able to cross the street, that's safety. Yeah. So, uh, I, and I would argue, um, I actually saw... I don't remember her name, Jade something. Um, she's, I think, she's, I think she's a free thought person, free thought blog person. Um, she said something on Twitter about some town in Germany whose name I forget where due to, I think, a power outage. No, I think I had that wrong. The result being that um, the sound signals on the crosswalks had gone out. Oh, I think she said that they, they turned them off because of noise complaints. 
and she called it ableist. And I agree with her on that because um, every time I cross the street in LA when there is not a sound signal, I am quite literally risking my life because I'm relying on things like um, uh, traffic flow, my ears, and blind luck to make sure I cross without getting hit by a car. And I've obviously been doing this a long time, so I've adapted to what is reasonable and what's what's you know a, a, a reasonable expectation. But there have been a few times when I thought I could go and I started and then like a car came right past. I was like, hmm, well, I guess I was wrong there. <laughs> so in some sections of town like uh, Santa Monica, there are signals that are, are either just beeping and it's one beep if you can if you have to wait, it's another beep if you have to go or if you can go. And then another one that's um, a, a guy actually talking saying, you know, don't cross, wait, wait, and then now you can go. Um, and those are great because I don't have to think about it. I just wait for the thing to change and then I go. But even um, the the main street near to where I live, there is a um, there's an intersection where people can turn into the walk lane, which of course is a huge danger for me. And I can't tell the color of the signal across the way. I, what I have to do is look to my left to the other signal and wait for it to turn red, and then I can go. But even then, there's drivers sometimes who will just start going into my lane, and I can't stop them from doing that. So it's a risk every single time. Now, granted, that example is not necessarily a lethal risk every single time, but it is a risk. Yeah. So when she tweeted this thing, I completely agree with that. Yeah, that's that's a basic thing that a city can do, which changes a situation from lethal to pretty okay with a very small thing. And and you know, I understand there's things about infrastructure and tax dollars and all that stuff. I'm not I'm not debating that at all. But like that is a thing. That's a real thing that can yeah. be measured, that can be demonstrated. Absolutely. And so when, when people like Penn say, bleh, or even Arist uh, Internet Aristocrats say, bleh, I'm like, yeah, I understand where you guys are coming from. This is a real thing. It can be measured. It can be demonstrated. So, you know, you're being a jackass about that thing. So the menu doesn't matter because if I can't read the menu item, I can just ask. It doesn't really affect my life. And in that case, ableism or as uh, this lady, Lisa, whatever her name is on the Internet, would say disableism. Yeah, it probably is in terms of attitude, but it doesn't really have any effect. So it's just, <laughs> I, I think as you said, as Penn had said, it's, oh, <laughs> stop. It's, um, it can be a bunch of bullshit, especially when the, the spectrum is stretched out to where it doesn't mean anything anymore. But, oh, hold on a second. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I'm being checked in with. It's okay. Um, I, and, and actually, I would argue to a small degree, although here I am coming from my privilege, the whole race thing, because I, I, I just saw this documentary yesterday about jazz and they use the label creole with some people and negro with other people and to some degree i couldn't tell the difference in some cases so my question was like okay someone decided that this is an appropriate label but i wonder what they were basing it on because in at least a few cases skin color was not the best basis because some were closer to each other than others um, and that's actually why I think the whole race model is bullshit. And I really wish we would start using different terms because, you know, um, there's some, some woman I met quite a while ago who I think a friend of mine met, uh, met someone else where they came from a different culture in the United States. So they didn't have the same baggage that we all have, um, with the South and the civil rights bullshit and the slavery bullshit. So even though their, their skin colors were, what would perhaps have them identify as African-American because they had not had the experience not having been raised in this country, they didn't identify that way. So at that point, 
some of the terms that one would use with them in a conversation about this were useless because they didn't identify that way. So that's like, well, then what's the point of the terms if they're useless? I mean, that's that's the reason we have terms is to to have them be useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's for communication, exactly. So now, in terms of ease of communication, I use the term race because everybody knows what it means, basically. But yeah. I really don't like it, and I wish that we could somehow culturally just eject it. And I don't know what we'd switch it to. Maybe ethnicity, I'm not sure. Maybe culture, I, I don't know what would be better. Yeah, um, uh, ethnicity, or I often just, even more generalized, I say uh, uh, physical appearance. Yeah, I mean, I have objections to that mainly just because I don't like how it sounds and it takes a long time to say. <laughs> but, but but it's like, I, I don't know if you were aware, um, I only became aware of this a few a few months ago, but there are tribes in southern and southwestern Africa where visually they look similar, but um, but genetically they're, they can't, they could be farther from each other. So then it's like, okay, then, then they're not the same race because they're not genetically similar enough. They're not, they're clearly not in the same genetic pool. They're not the same group. Yeah. But to the untrained eye, mine, they look the same. So it, it just, it, you know, all meaning breaks down at that point. Um, it, it's actually why, um, in, in my conversation with these, these women that I whined about earlier, uh, they said something about how, oh, it's important because it's linguistic and there's power and there, there's dispower and advantage and disadvantage and all that stuff. And I was like, look, I, I'm not denying that there are etymological things going on here. Like calling someone lame comes from an earlier place. Calling someone retarded comes from an earlier place. Although I would argue that the objection to it is ultimately arbitrary as well, because as we all know, retarded used to mean, uh, used to be a euphemism for idiot savant. And idiot savant was a euphemism for something. So it's like every generation, there's an, the, the former euphemism becomes the new slur. So yeah. it's like if we're going to, to objectively declare that something is bad because of the slur, well, then we have to object to just about every word on the planet because every word has the potential to move from euphemism to slur. Even, even words with a positive, formal association can be used as an insult. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like well, for, and that's why... For instance, why when, when you call one of your friends as a know-it-all, you say, man, you're a genius, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, that's, and, and one of my points to that was like, I don't like the word handicapped mainly because of how it sounds. I just don't like how it sounds. But honestly, the concept behind it, giving someone a, a boost to help them get through something, to yeah. give them a handicap, I have no objection to. I think that's a perfectly how's, reasonable thing to do. How's this for a comparison, uh, like an example for a comparison? Let's say you were going into a government building, and uh, they decided they could save money by just having holes in certain spots for people to crawl through. <laughs> no doors, <laughs> no glass windows, it's better for insulation, blah, 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 whatever their argument is. Uh, just for the sake of arbitrary examples. And so... Someone who's really physically fit runs up, grabs onto the hole, hauls themselves right in, hauls themselves right back out, and you're complaining. Like, you know, for me, I'd be complaining. He's like, oh, my God, I'm barely getting into this hole. They'd be like, well, you know what? Why should we have to bend over backwards for you, man? You should just always be exercising like me. I mean, technically, there's a point to his argument, but why not just yeah. put a fucking door in? <laughs> no, I agree with you. I mean, and that's and that's why I think all of this stuff, uh, especially in ableism, is, is worthy of discussion because... Once we start pronouncing this thing is ableist and this thing is not, and this is why, well, my question would be, as, as I have often asked, why should I fucking believe you based on what? Your opinion? Like, fuck you. Like, I, I, your opinion is no more valid than mine is. Um, yeah, and, and um, you know, like I was saying, the, the adaptation of things for people I think is good. It's just I think it requires a constant conversation about what is necessary versus what is not. Um, 
and I don't know all the answers, of course, because there's like like the um, I think one of these women identified as autistic, and I don't know what the autistic need. I'm not an expert on it. So, do they need to uh, let's say have breaks during the day to go and chill because the stimulus has been too much? Okay, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm completely speaking from ignorance. That's been one symptom I've heard is that it's it's stimulus is is you have less of an ability to filter it out than the rest of us do. Um, does that mean then that that jobs the corporation should allow for um, people who identify as autistic to have a designated point during the day when they just go and take a break in some room where it's quiet and not be penalized for that, and it it would have to be in addition to any lunch break? I don't know. I don't know if that's reasonable. Um, the place where I work, you can kind of do that anyway, so it probably wouldn't be an issue. Um, I, I had someone on um, my show many moons ago, uh, I think with whom you disagreed, um, Adrian, and she she had a condition that she spoke about where she kind of falls asleep every once in a while. So she can't hold an office job. Oh, and because, you know, you'd have to be able to, so she works from home and she's, she's a freelancer. And while I understand that that is a difficult um, condition to have, it's not narcolepsy, is it? I can't remember. I don't think it was specifically narcolepsy. And and actually I, I apologize to her if I, if I got this wrong, but, um, it was something like that. It was something that she didn't have control over that really screwed up how she would interact with a, a corporation in, in yeah. what we would consider normal terms. Um, so should, should corporations be expected to adapt it to her situation? I don't know. Um, sounds like she has adapted just fine, but then that sort of you know brings up the question, well, why should she have to? Isn't that an ableist thing that, that has occurred? And I would say that technically speaking, yes, um, because it is she has been forced to adapt to the power base rather than the power base adapting to her. But I don't know if there's another way to do it because, you know, like I've been saying over and over, if we adapted every single situation, every single person's needs, I don't think society would function or at least not as well. So I don't know. It's it's well, I think I I think that people just need to get their head out of their ass uh, these days as a general rule that, you know, life isn't everyone does the same thing. I'm sorry, this is not the way life is. Humans are from a very messy background. It's evolution, not, uh, you know, well, some people believe it's a divine plan. <laughs> I clearly do not. Uh, so, for instance, my kid is one of the many children out there in school uh, who have a difficult time because they want to suddenly jump up and move around. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in school, I remember very clearly uh, through the experience, I, I didn't really ever have a problem with that. I could sit for uh, hours at a time. Um, and listen and do my work. That was not, I had other issues. That was not one of them. So when did we get to the point when we suddenly had to start slapping labels on all these kids? Like if the kid is picking up desks and throwing them across the room, then we clearly have an issue. That's extreme. But if, if kids need to stand up, say every 20, 30 minutes and move around for a little bit in order to listen to what the teacher's saying, uh, can't we come up with some way of, you know, helping those kids instead of just going, you're you're a problem child or you have a, a medical condition the medical condition for a lot of them is just they're human <laughs> yeah i it does seem that way i mean yeah i've i've um it's funny i i was raised liberal and i still uh, identify as that but i find myself butting heads with liberals and liberalism so much over so much of this stuff um yeah i i'm in the same boat from what you just said yeah because i i often hear the argument that we should be more inclusive and i'm like I think that's a great goal. I don't know that it is always possible. And I'm not saying that just because it is not always possible, we shouldn't strive for it. But I, I, another one of these um, ableist things I had the other day was um, 
a, a site called, I think, Language Effective. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. Um, where they their whole thing, uh, as, as stated on their, their site, their main page, is that language affects culture, culture affects language, which is true, which is why we should make our best effort to have language be the most appropriate, the most fair, the most, you know, the, the best it can be in all situations. And, and again, on the surface of it, I agree with that. But the tweet that he sent, at least I think it was a he, um, actually, I don't know if I have any idea. Okay, so I just made a sexist thing, sorry. Um, <laughs> for, for sake of simplicity, he said was, um, um, uh, 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 take a seat, or everybody have a seat is ableist because some people can't do that. So a more inclusive term would be everybody gather around. And then his hashtag was um, language matters. Oh, that's I think that's what the site is called, language matters. So I said gather around is still um, ableist by that reasoning because some people can't gather, some people can't move. So I said um, hashtag accuracy matters. So then to be fair, he said, well, what do you suggest? Uh, and I said, I don't know, let's meet. <laughs> Like if the, if the purpose is a meeting, just say let's meet. And he's like, oh, you know, what, who who is it that is not being included? And I said, I don't know, the the housebound, the the immobile. You know, there are plenty of people who can't move from one place to another. So, yeah. and, and my point to him was like, look, I I understand what you're going for, and I respect that, but you're you're making pronouncements that you seem to be expecting people to take for granted. Like this is just the way it is, but it isn't necessarily the case, and. You know, I, I think, yes, we should tr strive for inclusiveness, but first of all, language is limited. So any word that we choose to use may be offensive to someone for whatever reason. Does it mean that we should do that, do so intentionally to hurt them? No, of course not. But it also means that we should probably just, on some level, deal with it. Everything you do, they imitate. I was in traffic. I cut someone off. They cut me off. I went, fuck it. From behind me in a little rocket seat, I heard a voice go, fuck it. All day long, he followed me around the house going, Fuck it! Fuck it! Sweet little lady walked up and said, Oh, what a sweet child. Fuck you! Oh, it's the Williams boy! Come on. Like, I don't know if you've heard the term, um, the terms visually impaired and visually challenged. You probably have heard the former. Yeah. I really don't like the former. I, I don't like how impaired sounds. I, I feel like as some of the... The, um, the, the ablest advocates that I've disagreed with would say it tends to side with the power base, uh, for lack of a better term, because it's basically saying that from a normal perspective, in quotes, one is impaired, like one is less than. And I, I don't completely agree with that, but I can see where the argument is made. So the preferred term for me is visually challenged, because in my opinion, that comes from my point of view. And challenge isn't a bad thing. It is just a thing. Yeah. So, in my opinion, there's no negative connotation. There's no disempowerment in the language. It's just, it's a real thing. It's just looking at it, honestly. I have a challenge. It is not an impossibility, but it's not a complete possibility. It requires adaptation. What I've found, however, in my life experiences, like over 20 years, every time I've said visually challenged, people look at me like I'm from another planet. They have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. When I say visually impaired, they're like, oh, okay, and they suddenly get it. So, in terms of linguistic efficacy, I have had to use visually impaired every single time because people don't get it otherwise. Now, am I going to write a blog rant about how society sucks because I have been forced against my will, violated, if you will, <laughs> to use visually impaired when I clearly disagree with it? And here are my reasons why. 
and fuck you if you don't agree with me and you're ableist if you disagree because this is my like visually challenges my chosen word and it's my power word and blah 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 i could do that yes or i could just deal with the fact that for now my battle is lost and i need to just I need to just grow up and deal with it. And maybe one day people will start using visually challenged more or whatever else challenge they prefer. But for now, uh, you know, I lost yeah. literal the other day as we saw the dictionaries. Now. <laughs> I saw that post. <laughs> yep. I, and I recognize it. I, I have lost the battle and I will have to adapt. And that's on me because this, the culture has spoken. Um, <laughs> and I've lost this other battle. But And sadly, you know, the culture is a messy thing too. Uh, oh, yeah. Often we... Often culture moves in a direction that is not the most optimal. <laughs> well, that's why I've been having all these arguments with these ableist people, excuse me, people who talk about ableism, is almost to a person, they seem to be operating from a place where they are right and everyone else is wrong. And I think that's a fundamentally flawed position to take because it presumes too much. And, oh, perfect example. I saw, um, I've started editing for um, Social Justice Wiki, I know it's kind of ironic, but I, I saw their thing. Oh, I saw their, their article on ableism and I, and I said, it's okay, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't go into enough and it ignores some things. So in their defense, they wrote to me and they said, Hey, become an editor and change it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I applied and they accepted me. So now I'm, now I'm, (laughs) I, I mean, I guess I figured like, you know, it's better to, to fix or help fix the problem than just complain about it. Now, a little bit of a preface to this. I browsed a number of their pages, and I, oh man, I completely disagree with a lot of what they have on there. They got shit on patriarchy, or patriarchy. They got things on rape culture. I just, they've got a huge thing on trigger warnings. I, I really have a huge problem with a lot of that stuff. But it was like, you know what? It's not my job to tell them how to do it. It's not my wiki. It's their wiki. So I will work on the ableism page and put in my contributions and see what they say about it. But within there, it listed blind to a situation as an ableist term. This is where I have a huge problem because, yes, it is using blindness as a metaphor in a way that suggests blindness is less than or lacking. I would argue lacking. But it's also true as a metaphor. It is possible for one to be completely cut off from the source of information, which is an effect of blindness especially total blindness, you are cut off from the visual spectrum completely. So it's accurate. And I'm not going to complain about it because it's accurate. Um, I've seen people say things like short-sighted. That is also accurate because it is possible to have the metaphoric effect of not seeing the big picture far away. And Uh, that is short-sighted. It it is. (laughs) So have you heard anything about uh, Alan Francis, Dr. Alan Francis? I don't think so. I mentioned him earlier when I was talking to someone else today. Um, he, uh, well, his main thing that he's got notoriety for right now is he was, uh, he worked on the third, chaired the fourth uh, process of putting together the DSM. Mm, okay. And now, before the fifth one came out, he kind of came out of retirement to combat a lot of the naivety that goes into and the profit. Right profit-driven kind of motives behind the people who publish uh, the, the DSM and how it's being misused and taken out of the context. Right. Um, but I like his caveat because I was looking for someone, when I started having problems with what was going on, like my life, my daughter has suffered through an unbelievable amount of, of stuff that she didn't need to because of this type of stuff. Right. Um, and uh, so I wanted to find someone who wasn't like, you know, uh, a, a, you know a Christian scientist or something right. like that. Someone who is like, you know, psychiatry is a good field, but there are bad things happening right now as it connects with the public. 
And mm-hmm. that is actually what I found with him is, um, anyways, he, I'm reading through his book right now called Saving Normal. Mm. And the first part, uh, he talks about the word normal. He goes through yeah. all the different pluses and negatives with it and why he chose to use this word. And that, a lot, you know, I think this idea that people have when you try to talk about uh, normal, it's always assumed that if you say, well, this is normal and that's not, that you are, you're doing something negative. Yeah. But sometimes it's just for the sake of ease, an arbitrary way of, of describing people's particular needs. And it, I, this is the example I'll use. Uh, when it came to gay people being treated like they had a special condition, right. uh, that eventually was taken out and it's now considered normal, even though it's not the majority. It's still considered normal. It's healthy, in other words. Uh, if you're gay, just be gay. Don't don't freak out. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, but on the other hand, when it comes to uh, the condition of people that are transsexual, for instance, right, the opposite had to kind of be done. Not exactly parallel, but kind of the opposite, where this had to be made a case where, look, these people aren't just making it up, and they're not just like you know, uh, emotionally distraught, and this is their way of kind of dealing with it, this is a phenomenon. And so they actually had to describe it and start articulating right. it in a formal setting, like an academic setting. Yeah. So when you're talking about normal, it, it's the larger context of the conversation that matters. You can't just, it's, some people will just cut the word off. Yeah, I've but, definitely found that. I, I found that people just sort of shut down the conversation and um, before I can even get started. And, and I have a problem with that because it's like, I, I've often referred to this, and I, I apologize to them because I, I really don't really don't hate them. I just find them kind of irritating sometimes. But you know, when secular women had that thing months ago, where they're like, um, you know, the, the following things are not up for debate. I think that was a really terrible thing to do because you're you're basically telling people we cannot have this discussion about this because it happens to be a very sensitive issue. Yeah. Well, welcome to organ transplants. I mean, so, seriously, like. If if we cut off things because we a group not the entire populace by the way has decided that those things are just too sensitive and too difficult to talk about well then I would say that they've basically voted themselves out of the conversation because while I respect the members of Secular Woman's board right to designate for themselves what on their site they consider language inappropriate or discussion inappropriate, or excuse me topics inappropriate. They in no way, shape, or form have the right, or even should think that they have the right, to designate that for anyone else in any other form of any kind. So, you know, I, at the time I was like, okay, this is kind of silly that they're doing this, but hey, if they want to do it on their side, fine. But I think it's a terribly, terribly dangerous thing to do, because how do you know what current difficult discussion will lead to yeah. some form of progress later on? Yeah. I don't think you can know that. So if you cut off the discussion because currently it's too sensitive and too difficult, you are necessarily saying that, well, we just don't want to progress on this issue in any way. Yeah. And I, I think that's really dangerous. And that's why I always get on people's cases about ableism, because it's like once you say, you can't say this thing to me because of this reason, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't mind if people say it to me, and you said can't. Well, I disagree with that, and I would challenge you to prove that I'm wrong, and which I don't think you can do because it's based on your opinion. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now, just this, this stuff just continues to piss me off because I just, I, I really don't like it when people make pronouncements of things that, I don't like it when people make absolute pronouncements about non-absolute things, even if they seem absolute, yeah. you know? I, in fact, I, I had this conversation with somebody many months ago, I don't remember who it was, on my show where I was like, you know what, I, I've realized I'm unconvinced that morality exists. 
I recognize that there are certain things that as a society we deem to be good and bad, but I, I just I just don't think that there is such a thing. I don't think there is an objective morality. I don't even think they're subjective. I think there are spheres uh, or um, what are they called? Uh, spectrums? Spectra, I guess would be the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yep. um, Of influence, of, of tendency. But I think it's actually problematic for us to talk about morality as a thing because it presumes too much. It, it, it assumes that the way we're doing things has a set set of, uh, system of rules, which it clearly doesn't. And um, I, I seem to be the only one who feels this way because every time I've gotten in a discussion with somebody where I'm like, well, I'm not convinced that there is morality, then suddenly they're like, well, well we all know it's not good to kill people. It's like, yes, I recognize that in most cases, for most people, we recognize it's not okay to kill people. However, there are enough exceptions to that rule that I would say that that has rendered that rule meaningless. There are times when it is appropriate and times when it is inappropriate according to whatever culture we're looking at, which means then that it's not objective. <laughs> Because <laughs> we made up a rule and we break it all the time. In fact, oh my God, um, I don't know if you saw the news clip the other day of um, Clinton, uh, former President Clinton came out, or not came out, uh, some some uh, 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 audio was released of him admitting, I think it came out the day before 9-11, that he had the chance to kill bin Laden, chose not to because doing so he would have had to have also killed 300 innocent people, women and children. So my question is, was his decision to take a positive moral action worth the 3,000 lives that were then taken? You know, what you're describing there is a different, as it's different particulars, but the, the one that's usually put out there is you're, on, uh, you're looking over a railroad track. <laughs> right. Right. It's the exact same question, right? Where there's four people on the one track where the train's going, where you can hit a switch and it'll switch yeah. to one person. And yeah. most people will answer, yes, I would do that. Uh, yeah. But then as soon as you say, well, there's those four people are sitting on a railroad track and there's a big, I don't know why the train would be derailed for certain because there's a fat person thrown in front of it. But right. <laughs> just assuming for some reason that you magically know this, would you grab that person and throw them in front of the train? And most people say no. And that's this kind of the thing that uh, we're talking about here that uh, Clinton, he was looking at a terrorist. He knew this was someone willing to kill. Yeah. But he was like, well, there's all these innocent people there. So I yeah. can't, I can't do this and people will demonize him for it. But you know, a lot of us would make the same call. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, is I honestly don't know the answer is because he didn't know that bin Laden would later attack America. And let's just pretend that killing those people bin Laden would not have. Well, then where would we be? We'd be 300 dead people for no good reason. Yeah. And I, he, I, and he would never know right now yeah. looking, this is all hindsight, the, the yeah. looking back fallacy, right? Like, well, he should have known. Well, no, he, he couldn't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's a really tough one. I, I've heard a similar one. Um, I don't know if it's actually a one or if I just thought of it, but I, I thought like, you know, what if someone came to you and said, I don't know, we'll give you a million dollars to shoot this kid in the head dead. Like he's dead. There's no, it won't be, won't be like he'll be repaired later. Just he's dead. Would you do it? And most people I think would say no. Well, what if this is, you know, 1920 Germany and the little boy's first name is Adolf. Right. Then yeah. everyone's like, oh God, yes. But he this hasn't done anything yet. This is, the, this is the idea of the time traveler because people are more comfortable with going back to what they know is going to happen. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, yeah the, the, even if, like, suddenly there was a ripple and a spaceship came out and landed yeah. and <laughs> this clear, like, futuristic person with all this weird technology telepathically said, you must go down the streets or go to the city and kill this child or else a billion people will die, I still would not be, like, certain of it because it hadn't happened yet. 
or hey, e even remove it further. Hey, uh, maybe say like go go thirty years earlier and say there's this eight year old girl you need to go kill. Like why? Because she will have Adolf Hitler as a child. Oh but yeah, the, she, the Terminator thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or shit, even further back. Like you need to go kill this this you know sixteenth century you know peasant woman. Why? Because her great great grandson will be a like if you kill her, it'll never happen. Yeah. I so. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's any... I don't know the answer to it. I couldn't do it. And, and I think even if someone showed me the footage of the millions of Jews who were killed while I was sitting in the room with this kid, I probably couldn't do it. Because I'd be like, but maybe something could change between now and then. Maybe he could, I don't know, get accepted into art school. Or, hey, maybe that'd be enough. Like, go to the art school and say, no matter what, no matter what the application looks like, when this name comes across your desk, you must admit him. Like... Yeah. Why? Like, just just do it. <laughs> don't answer. Don't ask any questions. Just admit him, even if you think his work is shit. Admit him. Yeah. Even if you Who find, knows? even if you find he's really mouthy and tends to yell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if you don't like his hairstyle, just let him in. And who knows? Maybe that would have been enough. Maybe he, maybe he goes to art school and he expresses himself, and and then you know he just goes into art. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those things are are really tough, but um, very interesting questions. And and I think that's one of the reasons that I I have all these conversations with people on in Twitter and whatnot is because I I think we I think we tend to assume that because th things seem absolute and black and white, they are therefore. Yeah. But we all know that's the uh, argument from design fallacy. So. And that's why I, I I don't know if you've noticed um, on Facebook like I've gotten into a number of discussions with my mom over the last few months ever since she joined and found found me because you know it, it's like I, I think people are so I, well you you had one with her God where I had to jump in and say look I don't think Corey was saying this mom I think he was saying this but what's so funny to me was she immediately leapt to defense oh yeah I don't remember exactly what we're talking about now but I think I it do was about that. gluten it's fucking gluten bullshit oh Jesus. Yeah, and and she was she was like, well, some of us, and, and it was like, well, first of all, mom, he did, he wasn't talking about MS sufferers. He wasn't. He didn't say that at all. Yeah, you you are projecting that upon the situation. And I would, I don't really have the guts to do it at the moment, but I would ask her like, why is it you think you're getting so defensive about this? If this is true, why do you need to get defensive? Like your defensiveness doesn't change the trueness of it. Yeah, it is either true or it isn't. Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw, but recently I, I got into it with her too, where I, I put up the, um, sweet smelling bullshit is still bullshit and <laughs> it was all about how gluten is crap. It's, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. And, yeah. I, at that, the same researcher went back because yeah. he was the one that started it off, but he didn't mean to. People took his work from a, from yeah. a, a different study that was not nearly as comprehensive. And they're the yeah. ones who started this multi-billion dollar mm -hmm. crap industry and so he was so upset by this, he organized a much more thorough study and debunked yeah. debunked those own those own claims. Yeah, those own. Claims. Yeah, and and she, I am I am good at speaking English today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and she jumped on that, and she was like, "Well, you know, you shouldn't show this to MS sufferers." And I was, and and I basically said that if her thing is, I feel better because I believe that this is true. That's what we call a placebo. So maybe she should just get a box of pills, empty pills. I think they're called um, gel caps. Yeah. Right on the box, um, you know, MS. Gluten-free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or anything. MS um, um, uh, relief tablets and take one every six hours. Won't that have the exact same effect? And then she got all pissed off about that and I haven't responded to it yet. But what one of her pissed off responses was that maybe I should do some research on the MS site. Well, 
Now I can tell you, Corey, <laughs> and publicly, that I have actually done that. I, I thought, you know what? Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm full of shit. So I went to the, M the National MS Society site. I typed in gluten in the, uh, in the search box. A bunch of stuff came up, and, and I, I grant that I may have been cherry-picking, and I may have doing the part of whole fallacy because I didn't read every single one. But I, I tried to find you know, any direct reference to gluten. And the first one I found was from 2008, and it said in no uncertain terms, um, and I'm, I'm not quoting, but I'm paraphrasing, that there is no evidence at all right. that gluten has any connection or gluten sensitivity has any connection to MS. Now, when I read that, I was like, well, hey, there we go. So I copied the link, and maybe I'll send it to her. I don't know. Um, but then I thought, well, wait, that's 2008. You know, let's scientifically, research could have been done since then. So then I, I thought, to be fair, let's look at a more recent one. So I looked at one from 2013, and it didn't say there was no evidence, but it said that it we're not sure about this. All right. So we have, there's no evidence, and we have, we're not sure. And this is from the National MS Society. This isn't from me on atheistasshole.com saying this is bullshit. This is from, <laughs> and, and they're, they're quoting researchers and scientists and doctors. Dr. Anton Hill yeah, says. Exactly. <laughs> so now I predict that were I to show this, oh, okay, this I predict that were I had to show this, the response would be moving the goalpost. Like, well, you didn't read all of it, or you didn't read this. Or, you didn't. It's always because I, yeah. I suspect that the interest is not in the accuracy, but in what is already believed, which, you know, obviously that's normal and human. And uh, oh, and on that note, I should go because we've got stuff to do. But um, Oh, well, thanks for dropping by, though. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to. I just thought, hey, I'm going to watch House. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll see if they're still on. And I've been, uh, I've been keeping up with your show, man. I'm glad that you're... Yeah, you're bringing up some interesting guests, and um, just quickly in passing too, I also was uh, surprised to find out that Dean was uh, not an atheist. Yeah, I would actually really like to talk to him about that because um, he actually called himself a Christian, and I, I'm really, really surprised because I'm like, wait, so virgin birth, Dean? Seriously? Like, like resurrection? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like this is, you think? And he even admitted to me on my site that um, he knows that it's unfalsifiable. It's like, okay, so then why not believe in well, the cookie monster, right? The, the story here to remember is that you can work with people that you disagree with on different things. Yeah. Uh, you know, take them on a case-by-case -case basis. I mean, obviously, if they're, if, if they're like really insane, it's going to be hard to do that. But yeah. most, <laughs> most of us have areas we're going to disagree. And yeah. um, I know a lot of believers are skeptics in ways that are important, even if we don't agree with the fact that they make an exception for their faith. Yeah. I, I would say yes. <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll we will say goodbye on an agreement note, which is great. <laughs> Smashlock and I would like to thank Anton for showing up. He runs a show called the Atheist Asshole Show on YouTube. Carl for showing up. He, until recently, anyways, ran a podcast with his friend Ben called Post Rapture Looting, and Brian Allen for showing up. He, along with our other guests that we've had in the past, Lee Moore, run A News and Apartment J and a number of other things. I've had a lot of memories of Rob Williams passing through my head today. He meant a lot to me, especially as a child, making me laugh when I felt sad. I think kids can connect to people, and we, at least I as a child, knew that he was very sad. He'll be missed. I hope that you all have good memories of him, too. And on that note, see you next time on Apostasy Now.
captain, my captain. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. You hear me? Sit down. Sit down. This is your final warning, Anderson. How dare you? You hear me? Your captain, my captain. Mr. Overstreet, I warn you. Sit down. you and I also say may flights of angels sing thee to thy rest sweet prince good night